Hey, Geek Whisperers listeners. Thank you so much for those that spent time with us at VMworld. We really enjoyed recording the last episode of the show. This is one of five final episodes we're bringing to you in the next month or so. We really hope you enjoy it. Thanks. And welcome back to another episode of the Geek Whispers. I'm Amy Lewis. And I'm Matt Broberg. And I'm John Mark Troyer. And we are here to, to, to bring out an old gem in some ways, just the three of us, um, but, but maybe address an old gem and a new light. Um, lately, we have all been noticing that there is a real growth in private forums, whereas a lot of the public conversation that we used to see has cooled down. Um, and just to be platform specific, uh, Twitter feels like it's really hit the mainstream. So folks have complained there's too much noise there. So many people are there. A little bit of get off my lawn. Um, Slack uh, Slack has really turned up and changed a lot of people's lives. It's become a real fast and easy way to develop community. And blog comments have all but disappeared or they've gone over to the troglodytes. Um Discuss. Anybody, John, Matt, any agreement, disagreement, things to add? Yes, I agree. I agree. <laughs> the, uh, it, it, it ain't the same as it used to be. Uh, the kids have not got off, gotten off my lawn, and it's very different now. Um, the, well, we, yeah, and even to throw in Snapchat there, just if we look at just commercial applications, if you will, um, I still hesitate to think there's that much use for business, though I know there can be for some in commercial, but not maybe B2B use as much yet. But Snapchat has an inherently more private feeling. Even Instagram is sort of a one to few, even though there are big Instagram stars. It's um, they're very different modes than sort of open back and forth with with Twitter. Even if people argued it was too few characters to really have a conversation. It felt like just a few moons ago that, yeah, uh, everybody was on Twitter. It was a guarantee that if I was going to meet you at an event in the tech industry, you were going to be there. Um, or be willing to jump on because it's there is nothing like it. There is no other way to connect into these fabrics of technical communities and immediately kind of just uplift your status, not in some sort of holier than thou type way, but just to be more visible and give yourself more opportunity to then pivot to opportunities to speak at events and to get new job opportunities and like just this idea that we were all collectively growing in this one place. And I think you nailed it that it seems to have, you know, broken into these different channels uh, at a rapid pace. Hmm. Well, and I use sort of that example of, uh, I feel like it's, um, I don't know, like a dinosaur stepped in a mud puddle, right. And shot a thousand drops of water in a thousand directions. So it's been, um, it just distributed us all. We've got a diaspora, if you will. And was that diaspora uh, caused by a dinosaur called Facebook? <laughs> that is actually a great question. We'll have to uh, dig into that one. The Facebook it's, dinosaur. It's kind of great, uh, both because you're right and also because Facebook's kind of a dinosaur in that scene now. But I'll let you complete <laughs> that thought, John. Well, you know, this is a particular worldview we have. We were part of a, a technical uh, industry that was very Twitter-centric, and Twitter has leveled off and become a slightly different thing and more maybe a real-time news thing. And Twitter doesn't even know what Twitter is and has leveled off. On the, at the same time, Facebook uh, has kept growing. And Facebook is now this this where a lot of conversation that might have been on Twitter was before, but Facebook certainly isn't Twitter. 
And it isn't a public square in the same way that Twitter was. It is a set of overlapping private squares. But we do have a weird, I think we, we have, we three have a kind of a weird and per, kind of opinionated perspective. And I mean, opinionated in the, you know. In the uh, good way. Well, yeah. I mean, we have nice our, architecture. well, we're, we're off in our own little corner. I mean, I was talking to somebody just the other day and they're like, oh yeah, you know, so-and-so, you know, has all these followers on Facebook and that's where all the action is. And we're going to start to put ads in there and, da, 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 and you know, this could work for smaller influencers. You know, we could work with somebody who just had a hundred or 200,000 people following them on Facebook. So my, my point is we might be in like, a, we might be living in, in, uh, in the Shire and, and we don't really, we're just little hobbits and, uh, we don't actually know very much about the rest of the world that where people influencers have 300,000 followers because they make uh, you know Disney figurines or something. Yeah, but but I don't care about them. Like uh, no, I, I think we I think we've learned by trial and fire that this podcast has a following of technical people that have a recognition that that fluffy marketing crap that no one wants to give credit to actually has a huge impact on the success of the products and the success of their careers. So we're talking to people that are in that that edge of the world and don't care about, you know, their 200,000 followers on Facebook. So anchoring it in that, I think, you know, Twitter was that that one space people had to care about. And now I think you have to care about other spaces. I'm not you're not wrong, Matt. And I'm but what I'm not saying that that, uh, you know, we should all be uh, uh, Monday Night Football. What I am saying is that if Facebook uh can I'm I'm confusing our argument here, but I am saying that if Facebook can accommodate that kind of a social town square for those mm-hmm. people, it could suck us in the technical the technical community without oh. us noticing it over the next couple of years. Just so, the bigger fish in the pond. Yeah, we could we could all of a sudden nobody has that technical conversation on on Facebook, but it could happen, right? So I don't know. That's that's a uh, that's a sidebar. It, it is a little sidebar. I think that I've seen, you know, Facebook messenger groups pop up. I, when I traveled to Germany, they taught me that business is commonly conducted on Facebook. So if we have a more global perspective, platforms are used differently in different places, different cultural norms. Um, when I teach, a lot of people still very much talk about Facebook is where their personal life lives and Twitter and LinkedIn is where their professional life lives. So I think even that is a subset of Um, I want to pull through two things. One that Matt said before is when an event came around, people would even, even if it was for a little while, they would hop on Twitter. And sometimes that's changed a bit. I think that's true, right? We used to be able to, even if you were an event only tweeter, um, we could find a way to find you in these uh, large rambling events. That's not always as sure as it once was. I'm communicating on 17 different platforms, it seems, to get to folks you know, on site at this point. And I do think that I'm okay in my little shire, but I think what has changed is we all came from probably originally the virtualization or even the infrastructure side of the house. And as we've opened up more into the open source community, gotten a little more DevOpsy, put on our neck beards, gone out in the world, um, the broader technology community has, has maybe jumped right from IRC to Slack or maybe still lives in IRC. I think there there are it's a new world outside the Shire. Just a little outside the Shire. I'm not willing to put my my hairy hobbit feet away just yet. <laughs> okay. Yeah, sure. so I'll buy that. So, so bring us on the journey, Amy. Where do you think 
people are aggregating the most, um, or, or maybe I'm framing this totally the wrong way, where should people be paying attention if they want to still have a seat at the table or have an invitation to the party or whatever metaphor we want to run down? Yeah, we were sort of talking about this, that it feels more where you could just kind of jump in and join. And our advice always had been, you know, it's it's changed a little bit. I think you have to take a second step now. I do think it's important to be on some of these connective tissue platforms, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, just to have an awareness that they exist, have a presence, be searchable, be findable, etc. Um, but I think you have to make a second step if you I like I do like the analogy of to be invited to the right party. Right. Metaphorically speaking, because. It is like, um, you know, it is like knowing the right corner to, to go into. Um, in particular, let's look at Slack. There's a ton of Slack groups out there, but you sort of have to know some of the people there to get an invitation to find them to walk in. Um, I, I will have to say I look to the day that there is an overarching super Slack app that will allow me to manage everything kind of in a single glance instead of having to go so deep into every channel. Um, I kind of want a slackendectomy. There's too many. I, I miss the good old days of one platform. But um, no, well, you're you reminding yeah. me of my own own experience, Amy. I just recently uh, hit a Slack bankruptcy. Um, <laughs> so to just go from the beginning of it, I noticed the evolution that more and more people were going there. I even joined one really early on that was focused on evangelists and community builders and helped build up that one's popularity. And I was so it's a super popular uh, Slack team now that's invite only, which I still feel a little evil about, but I understand like the quality of it. Um, But then more and more and more popped up. And lo and behold, I kind of stopped when I hit 20 and just exited as many of them as I could and got down to just a few. And I still feel like I barely visit them. I still lean on Twitter as my primary. But when I need to tactically talk to people, I hop into the Slack team because that's usually the spot where people are hanging out. That's sort of yeah. where I am. It's definitely a little bit more private. and um, But I do it on more of a need basis. So I, I think you have to pick one or two because it can be all-consuming, almost like the old days of bulletin boards is what I think of, right? If you were on too many of those, just keeping up was a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe let's go through some of the possibilities of, of- these private communities, uh, you know, we talked about Slack and, and I'm, I, uh, I actually never had a work group on, with Slack. So my, my encounters with Slack are all with these kind of private groups and I'm a, I'm a member of some and I don't follow most of them that I'm in. But, um, so there's certainly Slack groups and a lot of Slack pe- people don't know a lot of Slack groups actually have kind of public presences. So a lot of these community Slack teams have kind of a public presence and others are just invite only. Right. Well, uh, some of them yeah. want you to be want to be found. And I would say, even though I know we're complaining a little bit, they can grow like like weeds. But um, it's important to know the platform, I think, for people in our industry, because I'll be shocked if everybody in the sound of our voices hasn't been invited to one. I would encourage you to at least join one or two to just familiarize yourself with the platform um, so that if it does, the need does pop up. You're not you're not going in without some understanding of of the you know, the intricacies and how to make it work for you. I'm also a member of uh, a couple, but but one stands out of a private Facebook group that is a bunch of technologists talking about technology. And that's super interesting. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, with, I'm with you there. But I don't know how I got in that one, and I don't really know how one would find that. Again, other than kind of socializing on Twitter first. 
or at I, conferences, I really, et cetera. Yeah. No, I think that's true. And in, in terms of um, how, like you said, some are searchable, some you hear somebody talk about. Um, it almost is, uh, uh, I don't know, I, I think there's some interesting thoughts about how do you get yourself invited to the right party. And almost it's almost like the um, advice is if it were a real party, right? No, no people who know people. Um, <laughs> well, how do you get started? Yeah, I, I think you have to be on Twitter and I think you have to listen. I think some of our old, old advice still rings true. Um, I, I don't know, Matt, what do you think? I mean, there's got to be, uh, there's always been an element to this that is just a little bit of unapologetic risk taking. Um, I think about that the best communities I've fallen into that are outside of my comfort zone have been because I've gone outside of my comfort zone and just gone onto a new platform and said, hi, guys. <laughs> hi, uh, who are you? I'm, I'm Matt. Uh, what, can I hang out? <laughs> like the being the awkward creature that I am very naturally, but also being uh, unashamed about it. Um, another example is I've, I've dropped into IRC channels in and off or like on and off again for five years, not because I it's my primary, but because I know it has a place. And if that becomes more popular, then I'll ramp up there. Um, so maybe maybe just the idea of good old fashioned like showing up. I I think that's a thousand percent true, and I I love I'm sort of laughing because I'm a notorious introvert of uh, all of it's outside my comfort zone. If the truth is told, but I kind of get out there and do it over and over and over again um, because the payoff is worthwhile. I, and I think it's just people may grump grump and fuss, but I feel like we all have to if a conversation has shifted, it's important to know and where the conversation is and to go find that conversation. Right. Right. I, I would like to point out that one way of meeting new people is to show up literally as in go to a conference. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Go to a user group, go to a conference. And I think looking at your career progression, Matt, I mean, some of the ways you've done that and part of that has been work and, and is you've gone to new conferences and you, you end up meeting new people. That's a really good point. Uh, um, that, the there is no substitute for in real life. Like I, I think the the biggest following increase I've had on Twitter in a long time was because I spoke at a different conference last week, and uh, yeah, at the community leadership summit, and that just happened to be also one of those smaller ones that was free. That was the best use of my time for networking because it's a bunch of people that also build community, which is really my core skill set. Um, so just one of those shout outs to people again, that it doesn't, you don't have to just go to the big massive $5,000 uh, for the week events to get a lot of value out of interconnecting with new people. It's look for the little, the little ones that will be a, a great return. In fact, I'm going to, I'm going to have a harsh buzz moment. Um, tough love raining down. If you go to the same conferences every year and go to the same bar on the same night and do the same thing, Every night of the conference, you're never going to break out of that shell. I get we all like the comfort. You know, if you're going to that conference because it serves your job, go do that comfortable thing once. But I I would say listen to Aaron Delp's podcast, uh, the one, the episode we did with Aaron recently about sort of engineering your approach. If you find yourself falling into habit and pattern, force yourself, make a list and actively go out and meet different people. Um, it will, you will wonder where those people were the whole time and it will make any conference fresh to you. 
Nice, nice. And, well, and it, it right. leads back in a little off-roading, but to your point, um, John, I think one of the best ways to to get invited to things is to is to mingle. Right? How do you go to a new party or the right party if you're always going only to one party? So meeting those new people in person, um, having those interesting conversations, listening, um, and then add a little bit of that mat sauce of uh, you hear somebody talk about a Slack group or I was reading in Slack. Oh, which Slack group are you on? Is that a good one? You know, use those use those lead ins to find the private conversations that are happening with groups of people you admire. Agreed. Hey, John, so what do you think this means to our community members, the, the people out there that are in the technical space that want to get connected? Um, what sort of advice would you start giving them or, or where would you point them? Well, I mean, OK, I work with a lot of different companies and especially like in the Influence Marketing Council, they can come from from many different communities. And I, I think our advice and the best practice that we say now, uh, like most things, has evolved over the years. And it used to be back in the day when it was all brand new that the advice was to just go out and, and be on Twitter and, and just be on Twitter and be yourself and introduce yourself. And, and we, like we said, that's still necessary. But I think the recognition now is that, that there are multiple communities that people are a part of. We get that with regional communities. We get that. Uh, we understand that when we were talking about the Cleveland uh, user group versus, you know, even the, the Cincinnati user group. But I think we sometimes forget that about, about technology and, and, you know, online hangouts. So I think what it means for, for existing IT tech folks is that, uh, well, I'm back to what Amy said. You have to take the second step. You, you should probably be inserting yourself into other groups. Now they've been around a long time. I, I think this is nothing that is new. I mean, we've, We've had mailing lists, you know, since the beginning of the of the internet, and we've had news groups since since the beginning of uh, of all this. Well, yeah, and in some ways, we've been a little platform specific. Um, I want to I want to branch out of a platform I've never I feel like I haven't ever ventured over to um, GitHub. So, Matt, oh guru of mine, how do you oh, how right. do you get involved over there? Well, first you pay the code gods for. <laughs> Do they Your accept first basic? compiler? And once <laughs> is, it, you can compile, is it basic or Bitcoin? <laughs> <laughs> Bitcoin's preferred. Cash is always appreciated. <laughs> Let's start with the, the question we always ask when people asked us five years ago, how do I get started in Twitter? Well, what's your goal? What do you want to do there? It's, it's just another communication platform. I think it is the future social communication platform. Uh, because it's where people are talking both about code and the communities that build code. Um, but itself, like your interaction with it is going to be purely based on what your goal is. So can you uh, give me one of those? Well, for me, I, I would like to meet the people who are there. I would like to, I want to watch. I want to be a little bit of a lurker and, and, and understand the platform and how it functions. Cool, cool. Well, that is possibly the the easiest thing to do because everything you do on there is so visible and every every question, every comment, everything has a URL to it. Um, so you could go relive the creation of your favorite project from beginning to end. Um, so I but do I have to be do I have to be a coder? I worry about joining GitHub or even the broader open source community um, if I'm not technical enough. 
I have found that to be uh, the opposite of the case that um, so I'm just coming back from OzCon not long ago. And at OzCon, there was a great deal of effort to focus on the maintainer community. So people that are maintaining open source code in their free time and uh, an exchange of of knowledge from people that are, are doing that. Um, I cannot count the number of conversations that focused on how all types of contribution are welcome to open source, um, both in, you know, leaving code aside, the documentation, the just opening an issue when you have trouble, offering to help like work on some, you know, GitHub specific things like labeling strategy or contribution strategy, all these kind of softer edge, either process oriented things or more design and dare I say marketing oriented things. People need that to have a thriving community, and there's a great desire to attract people that are going to con- contribute in those ways. So um, I would start by targeting, you know, if you target a major project, something massive like Docker or Kubernetes, they're going to have a lot of that dialed in, and you could watch, but it's not going to be easy to just participate off the bat on the softer stuff. They have full-time people paid for that, but you could still volunteer, like Kubernetes, for example has a a working group focused on documentation. You can just go sign up to volunteer there and just start joining those talks and starting to help design like how they organize that. Um, smaller groups aren't that structured. So something like Homebrew, it's a package manager for Mac OS and one of my favorite tools. I just went to their site after hearing uh, their creator hop on a podcast, I went through their documentation, realized I have no idea what the documentation is saying. So I just opened what's called a pull request, which is edits to their documentation that fixed it and just made it more human readable. Now, there's some prerequisites to do that. Like you have to understand how that's written down in GitHub and some of the language on that. But I I think it's a much smaller barrier than people think. Um, And it's certainly smaller than when you look at like a coding language and feeling like you have to know code in order to contribute. Right. I'm going to pull this one back to uh, Amy, your your get invited to the party metaphor, right? Why do people get invited to the parties? Well, because uh, people want you there uh, for some reason, because you're 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 pleasant or you you bring something to the table. Literally, like maybe maybe you're there because you you tell funny jokes. Uh, Maybe you're there because you you brought the cheese dip. So, uh, you know, (laughs) they're they're, there. But in some ways you have to. It's a human thing, right? You have to. Uh, add value to your interactions with other other humans, uh, at, and, and you will get invited to more parties. Um, you know, the, you can't get too transactional around this. I mean, certainly as a teenager, you might get invited to a party because you have a car. But um, you know, once once you grow up, that that doesn't happen so often. I suppose. True story. <laughs> well, I, so Matt, I love the idea of, of what you say, but so Amy, how do we how do we tie this together? I'm I'm a little. Uh, I, I like the idea of new platforms, new communities. I, I, it does make my job a lot harder and the job of people who do this kind of either for their careers or, or you know, either for their personal career or for their, their job, it makes it harder, right? It, it does mean that the world is more complicated. I really, I have said this a few times lately, but it, it so takes me back. It takes me back to my days in publishing where it used to be one good book review, your job was done. Um, the reason we have more than just a PR department, 
Um, the reason marketing has kind of burgeoned, the reason people like me have a job at all is because it's a sweat equity job um, and not just the thing you turn over to the intern. We talked about that a lot about social media early on. It was never something you just turn over to the intern. Um, and for people who are using this for their career, um, it's not something you turn over to a bot or job out. It is sweat equity. It's time you put in to learn and be present like you would for anything else. Um, it is a little bit harder in my opinion. It takes a little more time, but I think, um, some people find it actually more fulfilling for people who got a bit burned out, constantly monitoring Twitter, feeling like it was a little too much, feeling overwhelmed. Um, you get a modicum of control. You still have to push outside your comfort zone to join these other platforms. But, uh, Matt's story about, you know, finding a way to contribute, um, finding something to bring to the party, so to speak, um, I think you can chase after the conversations you want. It's less having things pushed at you and it's more finding the, maybe a little more niche, um, but finding the conversations you want and, and making the casserole, you know, whatever it take, whatever analogy you want to use about why you're going to get, go to the party, make the cheese dip um, and, and, and go. Um, you know, I always thought that the pendulum was going to swing after the rise of Facebook. I, I I've, I've been predicting for years, probably on this podcast that the, the pendulum is going to swing back the other way. And we're going to be going back to more owned communities and private communities. And I thought it was going to be, or, right. I thought literally people were going to leave Facebook and, and, and go back to forums or something, but I'm, you know, I realized now that it's an and, right. We just added another layer of, of, of old mailing lists and new Slack groups and, uh, you know, regional VMUGs and meetup.com. I mean, that all that, all what's meetup.com. It's a huge collection of uh, places to go meet people around different topics. So we've just added this other layer. And um, I think it, it, it it's because humans need connection. <laughs> you know? I, I think that is so spot on. I, I think the world gets ever smaller. Honestly, it's our fault. People who work in technology, we've done this, right? We have, uh, you know, this would have been a massive long distance phone call, guys, if we had done this. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. Even a couple of decades ago. Yes. 25 years ago. And we would be hearing about this from, you know, whatever Bell company we were, uh, you know, beholden to. This is the whole point that we can do this, that we can have guests from everywhere, literally everywhere in the world. Um, I don't think this genie goes back in the bottle. Um I think that town squares are appealing. And so people find ways to carve out space. And that's, that's what I see. I think we'll eventually see another rise of another public platform. I, you know, this is one cycle in many. Um, but if you want to stay relevant, I think you have to go out there and find these conversations because it's not just about gaining influence. Like we've talked about with these larger public platforms, it's about, hearing the right information so that you don't live in your shire to the point of your own destruction, right? Only hit, be in your own echo chamber. I think it's so important to do the work. And I, I fuss and grump a little bit, but the amount of information I get participating in the few Slack groups I do manage to do regularly um, is incredible. It's important. It, it definitely is. Is That is a, a thing people sometimes forget about, right? Is that some of this is about uh, learning, <laughs> learning things, uh, whether that's in information or, or knowledge. Hey, hey, Matt and Amy, though, I have, I have one, I have one other idea. I have one, maybe, maybe it's our last idea, but I have one more idea. If you 
can't get invited to the right party, or if you don't like any of the parties you're invited to, or if you want to get invited to a party, you should start your own. Oh, oh. that's excellent point. Yeah, it's pretty easy. Well, and, and it's interesting if we think about this in metaphor in a very broad sense, um, the proliferation of podcasts, right? Um, maybe it used to be you'd start your own blog, but a podcast, a blog, you would get comments and maybe engage, but it was a little more of um, a solo gig usually. But I, you see more and more podcasts where there's multiple hosts, they're focused on bringing guests in, um, their networks, their opportunity, their shared hosting. There's all sorts of ways to get your voice out there to dip your toes in a little bit. Um, so that's one one type of party, right? No party like a podcast party. But I think it's a really great point. It's the beauty of Slack and maybe the cause of its proliferation is it's really easy to set up the party you want to go to. Hey, hey, uh, hey, Amy. I have yes. a question. Uh, don't, don't tell anybody, but we're not going to start a, a Geek Whisper Slack, right? <laughs> that would be, I, I don't know if I could deal. I can't Only, handle that. Is there, a, is there a noise on Zencaster we can use to bark that out? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. I, I, yeah. So good. Well, I'm glad we're all in agreement. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. Um, because of my recent slackendectomy, the doctor says no more Slack channels, much less my own. Oh well. There, there was a there's a there there, but for the grace of of whatever go we. So okay, no Slack channel. <laughs> all right, Amy. So are we gonna go positive or negative with the last question? Oh, you think we should find out what uh what what private channel mistakes we'll never make again i'm thinking if we must (laughs) (laughs) you ask the question you you answer it first uh, fair fair i'm actually pondering um and i said this years ago too like my first when i first came on to the technical scene i knew nobody poor me i ate lunch all by myself many times in vegas um i didn't understand how things worked I'm not sure I do now, but maybe I know a little bit more. Um, I Everything on Twitter was very public. I maybe had five DMs in my whole life, right? And then I found, and still one of a high level of use for me for Twitter is direct message. So quickly it became, you know, you, you would have this big public space, but immediately it would go to um, a private thing. Um, so if I had one thing that I would... Uh, never do again is I would be careful about proliferation of various one-to-one channels where I'm available. I got spread way too thin and I finally had to just draw a line and say, look, this is where you can find me because this is where I'm doing my work most of the time. And I mean, I had WhatsApp and I had Facebook messenger and I had, I mean, you name it like G chat and jabber and it goes on and on and on. And finally, I'm just, it, it really is like Gchat and uh, Twitter DM. And that's that's the place to find me because it was, I was losing messages. And it's as rude as you would think it is because people are like, I sent you a one-to-one communication. I mean, forget email. I'm not even including that in the list because that is so off my list. Don't email me. If you can avoid it, please don't. Um, no, that, that really resonates uh, with you all the way that I, I don't actually check gmail or gchat anymore i told everyone on there i'm like there are other places you can find me i'm not going to check this um i have a story i have i have a i would never again um all right 
and and it's actually a story i just it just occurred to me it just just dropped into my mind and i i don't think i've ever told this story so this is i will never uh assume i will never forget that a private group is really around uh uh is formed to uh, discuss a topic usually it's not just my general friends and um the embarrassing story is i was a member of an experimental music uh mailing list back in college and we talked about industrial music and noise music and i don't even remember um you know composers with that are completely unlistenable music frankly uh, you know i it was just uh it was because I was 20 and, and pretentious that I thought I could listen to this kind <laughs> I was about of to say, this, is, this has got throat singing somewhere in it, doesn't it? Oh, my God. Throat singing is melodious compared to some of this stuff. But, um, <laughs> and so, um, so it, was a, it was a mailing list about noise music. But at the same time, I was also in college radio, and so I was playing a lot of new wave and, you know, like poppy music and all sorts of crazy stuff, right? So I was still on the mailing list 10 years later um, and, and not really, you know, paying that much attention to it. And I uh, and some, you know, some new wave music got came back in the cycle. And I don't even remember what it was. And I mean, something like I don't actually remember. And and I was like, I said to the mailing list and I wasn't very active on it. I was like, hey, guys, you should know, I just heard so and so on the radio. It must be it's back. It's back again. You know, it, it, it got, somehow has come back up. And the, the withering scorn that I was I was met with was was I remember still to this day, you know, decades later. So, because um, I had forgotten that this wasn't a this wasn't a music this wasn't a mailing list about the music I liked, and this wasn't a ma- music mailing list about you know my college years. This was an experimental noise music mailing list, right? And so, um, you know, you have to remember that the, that part of the the conversation that you're having is is now people can become friends, and you can have conversations in in that context. You know, our whole thing is right. You, you you have conversations inside and outside these groups, but uh, just don't forget that actually it is impolite to, to walk into a, uh, to a Kubernetes, uh, uh, Slack or, or a mailing list and ask questions about, you know, visual basic, right? It just, the, the, you, you be appropriate, you know, you have the appropriate conversation in the right place. Oh, I like that. that All right, Matt, sense. how about you? You can't, you can't steal mine. <laughs> sure. No, I'm, I'm going to start positive and I'm going to say, oh. Just focus on one slack and go into it. So that's the positive side. And the never again in that context is I will never join all the channels in a single slack team ever, ever again. So <laughs> That is so you. I can see it. Just it's I don't like want to. I don't want to miss into all the, the library. You want to walk into the Library of Congress and just hug all the books, like all of them. I'm yeah. just going to read all of them. Yeah, it, like ambition has many victims. And uh, <laughs> with uh, so like I'm looking at one right now, the Dell EMC code community is amazingly well curated um, and I haven't been that active in it. So and I looked and I looked why and I'm, I was part of 50 channels. Um, so if if you're not familiar with Slack, each channel is basically its own thread. So it's like you're following 50 emails all the time. Um, it's awful. It's just too much. So cutting that back down to two or three things that I care about, and that's it. It turns it into this nice focused group of people that want to have a similar conversation. And for every one I add, I, I leave another one. Just kind of keep it in that space where it's it's consumable. And it's not about being everywhere. It's about being focused where you are. 
And that is something you can call me out on when you find that I'm not doing that. But that is the goal, like to be focused where you are as opposed to feel obligated to be everywhere. I really, really do like that. Again, it's sometimes like just those simple practical tips. Um, if only we could uh, learn all these lessons, not the hard way. But <laughs> I don't think that's know, ever right? true. <laughs> uh, so any parting, any parting thoughts? Um, I actually do feel really positive. I feel like some of these new channels have got a real richness and a depth that we all despaired would be gone forever in sort of a fast-paced 140-character world. Um, I, I welcome these new uh, distributed channels, even if it's a little more work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I, amen. I like how you, I, I, you know, it is, it is great. And it is more work, though. <laughs> but it's good. And you make better connections, and you learn more. So, hey. What's not, what's not to like? Well, and we'll see if, uh, if two years from now we're all having technical conversations on Facebook. Um, you heard it here first, and we owe John Troyer some sort of, uh, <laughs> some sort of royalty. Booyah. Under President Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> you know he wasn't hanging out with cows in the Midwest for the hell of it. Like, let's just call it what it is. <laughs> all right, two predictions on one podcast. I'm not sure we've ever uh, been so, so rich and wealthy <laughs> with our predictions. Um, and on that note, uh, we bring another episode of the geek whispers to a close. Um, and we appreciate you listening and letting us know you're there. So until next time, this is the geek whispers over and out. You've been listening to the geek whispers podcast, tune in on iTunes or Stitcher for regular stories of technology careers, cultures, and lives. Share it with a friend or invite us to an event through our website, geek-whispers.com. Find us on Twitter at geek underscore whispers or at Jay Troyer, MJ Brender, and Comms Ninja. Thanks for listening and see you next time. <laughs>